Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ya lo hace. Pierna derecha. Directo al arco. Golazo. Golazo. The world of football with a soccer perspective. This is Soccer Today with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie. Live on the Sports Podcasting Network. We're so excited about MLS this week that we decided to come back for a second show today. And joining us from MLSsoccer.com, host of Instant Replay, Extra Time, and more, Andrew Weeby. Andrew, thanks for joining us, and how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm in the same sort of mood that you are, which is do as many shows, as many minutes, as many hours of content as you can because it is almost here. <laughs> it, it's good to hear that, Andrew. Yeah, I think this is our 73rd hour on, on the air this week. But that's all good because – it only comes around once a year, the uh, the first kick or, or whatever they're marketing it this year. I don't know. Do you know what they're marketing it this year? It's MLS is back, uh, right? MLS, the 25th, yeah. Um, MLS is the 25th uh, celebration. You know, it's all about kind of melding history with the present. Uh, look, we just did, I think, like two hours on extra time of all the possible predictions that you could make about this league. So I am fully entrenched. I have hope for literally every single team in this league. That hope will, of course – be extinguished for like half of them halfway through the year. But uh, for now, it's the best time of the year because everybody believes. Fair enough. And speaking of believe, I know you believe. You always have CCL fever. So so tell me what you're thinking about uh, halfway through this uh, first round of, of games for, for Major League Soccer after uh, the, the teams have advanced so far this week. I'm thinking that this is peak CCL fever. This is exactly what the tournament should be and often is, but usually I think in later rounds. I'm just delighted that in the round of 16, Central American teams, Caribbean teams, soccer, everybody seems to be at a little bit higher level than we're used to seeing. Normally we see like, okay, Sporting Kansas City looks good. Oh, okay, you know, like Toronto FC sneaks past the Colorado Rapids. It feels to me like at least in the second legs and parts of the first, that just about every team in this competition, except surprisingly maybe the Liga MX squad, mm. are figuring out what it is it's going to take to either win this or go, far, go farther than they ever have before. Look, the big test is tonight. Uh, LAFC, can they reverse the 2-0 deficit against Leon at home? Absolutely they can, but will they? That's a big question. And then Seattle have that, so, that sort of responsibility, right, which is we got the result on the road. It wasn't the perfect result because we couldn't hold on to the 2-0 lead that we had. Now can we make it matter at home? Um, and look, this is a numbers game. It's not about like, oh, can this one team make a run? Where MLS needs to be is that the round of 16 is just the first box being checked, and everybody is checking that box. We need to increase our odds. You can see how we can go against you in a second. I mean, ask Comunicaciones. Ask, you know, certainly Alianza. Ask any number of MLS teams in this competition from years past, a.k.a. literally every single one, because nobody's ever done it. It's an odds play at this point. The more teams that get through, the better. And I got to tell you, I was like 
It was the perfect CCL moment, that Alianza game, right? You're on the edge of your seat. It's counting down. You're thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be three MLS teams, assuming Seattle gets through, and Montreal at that point held on. And then Alianza on one side of the bracket. And sure, Alianza would have knocked off Tigris, but, you know, you figure that's an MLS team shoe into the final, an opportunity to win this thing. And then, of course, what happens? Exactly what you expected to happen. <laughs> the inevitable, Tigres. And the goalkeeper, Nahuel Guzman, who else? I mean, uh, just a legendary gut punch moment. Uh, I was uh, informed that I jinxed said result for Alianza and for the rest of us by uh, uh, an MLS player actually hitting me up. So uh, Christian Ramirez blew me up on Twitter about that one. But at least I didn't jinx the impact, right, guys? They got through. They got through. They were pragmatic and they did it. I'm look. You can you can hear the excitement in my voice about this thing. My wife thinks I'm an idiot. She thinks I'm crazy. She goes to bed. She's like, why are you watching this? You know what's going to happen. I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, oh, man, comunicaciones and, and, and alianza. And she's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but you know the end result's going to be the same at the end. So, why, again, why do you care? And I just can't help myself. The pain is part of it. Fair enough. The pain. Now, that's sports in a general, though, isn't it? Um, very, very good. But uh, that's that's our attention. You, you mentioned LAFC in that conversation obviously they put it on tonight um the walker zimmerman train confu- trade confused me uh, especially the timing of it but you kind of trust that that organization knows what it's doing so, so my question to you is is do they have it within them to replicate what they did last year and go a step further this year i think the key is not to expect them to replicate what they did last year i know bob bradley has this sort of reputation and it's well earned that every detail, every moment, every time you step on the field is a time to bring your absolute best. There's no holding back. But I think he maybe learned a little bit last year and has learned from some of the hiccups, let's call them, for LAFC in big one-off games, that perhaps his best bet in 2020 is to build into the moments that matter most. And, you know, in some ways – if they get knocked out of CCL, it will be, you know, sounds weird to say, but a blessing just because we know, and certainly you guys know from Toronto FC's CCL almost to basically MLS collapse, that this tournament both physically and mentally can really drain teams, can just kind of sap the uh, energy that they need to sustain a full season of excellence from them. So maybe it'll be a good thing if if tonight's it for them in CCL, but maybe they'll go on and maybe that'll be the push. I just think that this season for them, they're going to be excellent. They're going to be near at the top of the league in points, points per game, every metric, because they're so talented. They have the best player in the league. Despite Walker Zimmerman leaving, a lot of games they played over the second half of last year, it was Tristan Blackman and Eddie Segura in central defense, and it didn't seem to hurt them that much, including, by the way, a playoff game um, against against the Galaxy when they got over the hump. I think they'll try to build into it and – Come September, come October, into hopefully November for them, that's when they want to peak because they got the shield. They don't need to set a points record. They did all that. We know that they have the best regular season in the history of Major League Soccer. Now the question is, can they be the champions? And, and you know, that, that's really what everybody values. We can talk all about U.S. Open Cup and all about, uh, you know, the Shield, and I think Canadian Championship, you could loop into that as well, but I'll, I defer to you guys. Ultimately, MLS Cup is the ultimate prize, and I think this year that's what it's about. It's about getting the ultimate prize, and 
you know, Walker Zimmerman was strange timing for me too, but I think that LAFC thinks of, and perhaps rightly so of themselves, as the smartest guys in the room right now. Their signings, their strategy, um, once they start selling players, it will kind of come to fruition. You'll see even, even bigger churn, I think, in this roster. They believe they can bring people into the environment they've built and maintain excellence. And I, I think that's what they're betting on this year. Uh, and they're betting that this time around, when it's a big game, when it's 90 minutes, they'll be the ones that get the job done. And, and we may see that it's a direct replacement for Walker via the allocation order. They just made that trade with Nashville SC. It may be a right back that pushes Blackman inside. Whatever it is, I believe that they will have thought through that in a way that they think gives them the best opportunity to win. It seems, you know, it seems illogical almost to trade a best 11 center back and think that, but that's where LAFC are at right now. They think they're two steps ahead, and this year will be an opportunity to prove it. I think uh, you're absolutely right, Andrew. And looking at Seattle and how they were able to be successful in the playoffs over the last four years, it's also how you, you finished the season, how you built up to the moments, like you mentioned, and, and how you almost built by design faults during your season. So not that you're only tested, but that the players know that you're still in a growth moment to peak at the end of the season. The Walker and Zimmerman trade could be by design also because you expose yourself, you test a bit your players, and you have an opportunity for growth for this new backline, for them to peak at the right time. And maybe there's a there's something to learn in Brian Schmetzer's playbook for Bob Bradley this time around in Major League Soccer. Seattle, LA, clearly the favorite in the Western Conference, which would be your dark horse in the Western Conference, a team that maybe squeezes in into the playoff and we don't expect and maybe dangerous in the playoffs. Squeezes in. And look, you said Garth and Bob, and I just want to throw this in there. You know, excuse me, you said Bob and, and, and Schmetzer. Throw Garth Lagerway in there because that's the playbook, right? The playbook is that the regular season matters, but only as a vehicle to get you where you want in the postseason and otherwise. And look, this time around, Garth's going for CCL with Jao Paulo as well. Uh, as far as dark horses in the West, look, I think the top five or six are pretty settled. I think the Western Conference, unlike the Eastern Conference, has its tiers sort of figured out. What I can't figure out and what you're trying to get me to put my finger on, and I'm not sure that I have a great answer for, is what the heck happens from 6 through 13. It is truly, truly, truly just sort of a who stays healthy, who's on form, what happens in the summer, how does it play into the rest of the year. I think your dark horse this year, if I had to put one name down, would be FC Dallas. I think they're the one team that I have picked inside the playoffs right now that would qualify as sort of a, oh, FC Dallas. I wouldn't have thought about that. But what we saw in the playoffs, what we've seen in this transfer window, what we've seen in the build phase from Luchi Gonzalez as he comes in and sort of puts his fingerprints on the team, uh, I think indicates that they're going to have a second half of the season that's going to surprise people. And I don't say first half because it's sort of a weird first half for them with Olympic qualifying, with some of the international absences they'll have, with Paxton Pomichol still just trying to get back into, a, into fitness to be the impact player that we know he can be but hasn't been consistently. I think for Dallas, sort of like LAFC, but at a lesser degree, it's a slow build. You know, can Thiago Santos lock it down in the middle of the park and let the rest of these guys do their thing? They haven't really had a number six who just stay home, break it up, um, and he is that. And then the question is, I think, Frank O'Hara. Middle of the season, in comes the DP, in comes the difference maker, in comes a guy with a proven track record 
of scoring goals in Liga MX. We know that translates to MLS. How high can he elevate their ceiling? Because I think right now with their back line, with the midfield they have, with the depth that they have, uh, their floor is pretty high. So I, I would put FC Dallas in that category. I don't think anybody else really applies. You know, maybe Colorado could sneak into the playoffs. I don't have them there. RSL, I feel like are always dark horses. But if you had to put me on the spot, FC Dallas is my team. Now, moving a little closer to home, a little closer to headquarters, talking about NYCFC seems to be a, a lot of a lot of uh, pundits' favorites in the Eastern Conference. How surprising would it be for you to see NYCFC on top of the Eastern Conference at the end of the season on October 4th? And all the changes, especially with the, with Ronnie Dale and now the new manager of NYCFC, will, will they have any influence on their results this year? Uh, I have them first yeah. in the East. And I have <laughs> them competing, obviously, in that position for the Supporters' Shield. I think Ronnie Dale... It's smart in the sense that he understands the situation that he's walking into. You know, Domi Tarrant walked into a, a situation with NYCFC where they were in a similar position. They were at the top of the conference. They were expected to compete for trophies. And he came in midseason and shook things up. I don't think Ronnie Dyla will do that. I think he will more or less stick to the script, look at his players, understand why it was that that they were so effective last year and just try to make incremental changes. And, and I think that that's reflected both in the hiring of Ronnie Dyla, because he's not a guy that you bring in to say, Hey, you have this expansive view of the game, you know, change what we're doing, apply it to our squad. You know, he was brought in with a team that was almost entirely unchanged. And I think the messaging there from city football group is we have something good come in be the right caretaker for this team over the course of the season. Look for those three or four places where you can provide incremental improvement, but don't blow this up. I think he, he in many ways, though he wasn't quote unquote a sexy hire, will be the right hire for them. And I loved the moment last night against San Carlos when, um, you know, McKay Steven gets just absolutely annihilated, a red card tackle like 99 out of 100 times in the one time of course, was this time that it wasn't. And Ronnie Dyla comes out and gives a little shove to the player. He gets a yellow card, and deservedly so. But, like, that is the sort of moment, I think, with a new coach and an established team that has high expectations where there's just sort of a, yeah, this guy has our backs. And as long as they sort of keep things uh, even keel, don't try to tear things apart, I think this team – is going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference. They have too much talent, too much depth across every single line. They have a, a tradition of success that they've built into now. But like LAFC, they haven't won the big game. So that's Ronnie Dyla's job. Come in, help this team have the tools to win the big games. I think they'll be at the top of the East. And time playoff comes around, that means a bye, and that means you're in pole position to push your way to MLS Cup with home field advantage. I, Andrew, I've listened to several previews up till now, and, and there's one team in the East that, that kind of is a bit of an enigma. I've seen them picked first. I've seen them picked out of the playoffs. Uh, that's kind of rare this year, and that's the team that's just a little bit south of where I'm sitting right now, uh, the little like a mile south of where I'm sitting right now, Toronto FC. Um, <laughs> what, is, what is your thought in terms of, of TFC? And, and let's just assume that Josie gets hurt for a while. Can they be competitive in that scenario? Where are they in terms of your your thinking right now? This is a, anybody who has them out of the playoffs. I'd like to just 
uh, have a have a very um, no hold barred conversation with, because this is a playoff team. There is zero doubt in my mind. Josie in the lineup, Josie out. We know that both those scenarios will occur in 2020. But with the level of talent that they have, with sort of the um, the tradition recently of of excellence that they've had, with the lessons learned by that down year two years ago, and by the MLS Cup run yet again last year, like I'm just not going to bet against the team that has Alejandro Pozuelo in it. Like he is if not the best playmaker in this league, in the top three. He is an MVP candidate in my mind. And when you go up and down the roster and you think about Richie Larea moving in at right back, you think about Mavinga and Omar Gonzalez and Justin Morrow, no worries for me on the back line. The midfield is deep. The only question mark there is Michael Bradley and his status, but that might be a blessing in disguise because now you have Marky Delgado and Liam Frazier that are going to be relied upon and given more responsibility and that should pay dividends later on in the year. The biggest question mark to me is Pablo Piatti. This is a, a – you fill a DP slot like that, you're third on a team that has championship aspirations as they should. He is the question mark. He is an absolute gamble. He's not been healthy. He has a lot of talent. If he is able to channel that talent and do a little bit of what, let's just say, like Victor Vasquez was able to do, Um, and not in the same way, but in the sense that his career was kind of in a weird spot and he was able to come to Toronto and find a home and find a place to thrive, this could be an inspired signing. But we won't know until it happens. Regardless, though, Toronto City have too many weapons, too many just this is a top-tier piece in MLS on the back line to be a team that doesn't make the playoffs. I have them third. I think Josie will have a more, uh, let's say, a healthier year this year than he did last year and we know if he's on the field he scores goals and changes the game so to me this team is in third and and i just i'm sitting around i have a lot of shrines these days my josie altador quad hamstring and joint shrine uh is fired up because we both need him for major league soccer to kind of reach its peak as far as an entertainment property which is look i'm here to be entertained it's professional sports but also for the u.s national team to do what we hope and need them to do in world cup qualifying come the fall. So uh, I'm very bullish on Toronto FC. I, I find it uh, hard-pressed to see how they won't do the things that they're capable of doing. But I, I can also see sort of in the back of my mind in some of those dark recesses what David Goss said on Extra Time, which is, you know, if injuries take a toll on this team, and they could, and they've already done it to Michael, you know, maybe Piatti, maybe Josie, on and on and on, This they could be in trouble. But uh, I'm betting against those injuries this year. I think Liam Frazier might be the most underrated, uh, the most important underrated piece that you can think of in, on a contending team this year. But but moving on, um, I want to talk about a team that is quite the opposite of TFC of late. Uh, it's more of TFC the old, uh, and that's FC Cincinnati and, and their issues. Now, let's not get into the details of the most recent problems, but can they turn it around to have a little bit more of a normal season this year, or is this a team that is just kind of – Struggling to find its way still. Oh, they're, they're struggling to find their way. I mean, they have the same interim coach for the second time in less than a year. Uh, but they are on a better track than they have been before, which, to be perfectly frank, isn't saying that much. And I think FC Cincinnati knows that. They're realistic about sort of the trials and tribulations that have come in this first year and a half in Major League Soccer. 
But I, I don't know how you can look at their expansion roster and look at this roster and think, by God, this team's going to be way better than they were a year ago. And that's not saying they're going to be in the playoffs, but they were his bad. Like, the numbers don't lie. The points, the goals allowed, there was a, a level of ineptitude that just hasn't been seen before uh, in MLS. So, you know, I think the coaching change is, uh, is, a tough, is a tough break, though, in my opinion, absolutely the right decision by the club. And now they got to find a way to come together. And, and maybe this is another opportunity for them, almost like the Rapids a year ago when, uh, you know, Alan, when, uh, uh, excuse me, Anthony Hudson, I was going back to Alan Koch, but when Anthony Hudson just kind of threw him under the bus and they didn't get any results. In comes Connor Casey. They find a way to band together. And the second half of the year, they're one of the best teams in Major League Soccer under Casey and Robin Frazier. Like maybe this adversity is what, what Cincinnati needs to finally establish the sort of foundation that they're trying to build. Jared Nightcamp has a huge decision at head coach, but whoever the head coach is, he's going to have a boatload more talent than Alan Koch did or Ron Jans did last year. I mean, Jurgen Locadia, for them to sign that player, that's incredible. That's a huge coup for that front office. I think Yuya Kubo could be even better and probably will be more of a long-term piece for this team. Regatine, we don't know much about him, but his profile as an attacker, much better than what they had a year ago. Madunyanin played basically every single minute for the Philadelphia Union as they made a big jump. The back line is better if incomplete. I mean, I don't think they're making the playoffs, but I think this team is one to really watch as one of those where you're just kind of like, hey, I may not be a Cincinnati fan, but I'm an MLS nerd, and I just want to see how this thing goes down because they certainly have a big swing. They could be uh, sitting in the summer, and Lucadia could leave, and, and they could be wondering what happened. We don't have direction. We don't have a leader. We still don't have a head coach. Or Johan Demay could be the man. He could be uh, sort of a prodigy, and maybe they latch him in for a long term and say, you're the stability you needed, or maybe they go get another big name because Nightcamp has those connections in Europe. I honestly don't know what we're going to see. And that's one of the best things about this time of year is that we basically just sit around guessing, but soon we get to find out. Soon we get to see. They're going to face the Red Bulls who have many questions of their own in week one. What will we see? How will they respond to this massive change yet again within their organization? Like that, that's why this time of year is fun because everything is an unknown and every single team has made significant changes. You can go both ways. Cincinnati certainly could go both ways. Andrew Beebe, host of Extra Time, Mr. Replay, Match Day Live and more on MLSsoccer.com, on MLS Digital. Andrew, thank you very much for your time today, for your expertise. Always a pleasure. I can probably talk MLS with you for about three full straight days. Yeah, yeah, we would not cover everything either. It's a, it's a sickness, guys. It's my, uh, it's my favorite sickness. I love it. I can't wait till Saturday. Enjoy the game. And you can follow Cheers. Andrew on social media at at Andrew underscore Weeby. We'll be right back after this short break to wrap things up. You are listening to Soccer Today. Follow us on Twitter at Soccer Today SPN and like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash sports podcasting network. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast. Finally, Dwayne, I might have found someone who is as excited as I am this week. So, so that's good. That was fun. <laughs> 
I'm excited too. I'm just a little more understated sometimes, but it's a you know it, it should be fun. It's a it's good to have it back. It's good to have you know. I was thinking about my disown the other day. I, I right now my disown for the past few months has really just only been used uh, on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Tuesdays uh, through the week a lot. Uh, they haven't been, haven't had a lot of Saturday usage because I <laughs> tend to go watch my. Uh, my city team at the, at the pub and, and, you know, occasionally cause the, the premier league hasn't been that great of a, a drive. I haven't watched a ton outside of that. So, so it'd be nice to be getting some, uh, see you out of that 20 bucks a month now. So, so it should be fun. <laughs> no, I'm really excited. Of course, make sure you follow all our social media the entire weekend. I'll be at the Montreal Olympic game versus new England for sure. The Olympic stadium on Saturday, you can find bonus coverage at Kev Laramie at patreon.com slash sports podcasting network. We have a brand new interview with Matthew Arnone of the Canadian Premier League team, York nine football club. who just dropped today 20 years ago, Dwayne, right today. Today, 20 years ago, Canada won the 2000 Gold Cup and in celebration for a very limited time only, like a couple of days only, I'm making the documentary available for everyone. You can listen to Carlo Corres and Jim Brennan and Dwayne talk about the 2000 Gold Cup on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash network. And right now, that documentary is available to everyone. And that's that should be fun to listen. It was fun to do. It should be fun to listen to again, and for a first time for some people. And and certainly, if you want to hear all great shows like that, you just go to our Patreon page, and it'll tell you more from there. Now we'll get ready for the CCL tonight. We'll know who faces Montreal in the quarterfinals of the Concacaf Champions League, Olympia or Seattle. And will LA turn things around? Will LA qualify for the quarters? They need to score a couple of goals. Tonight, we'll know more and we'll talk about it tomorrow. But tomorrow, it's MLS Prediction Day. It's our prediction show. The one show a year we actually ask you to save the show, save the tweet, pin the profile. That's tomorrow at 11 a.m. And until then, for Dwayne Rollins, I'm Kevin Laramie. We thank Andrew Wiebe for his time this afternoon. And as always, have a great soccer. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.